hello, hello, and welcome to the Cinema Syndicate Podcast, presented by Boot Crew Media, the hottest movie review show on the internet, going all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. In the West Coast, we got Mr. Preston Barnes. How you doing, Preston? Right on, fellas. Doing well. In New Orleans, we got Mr. Joseph Fine. How you doing, Joe? Hey, bonsoir, mes amis. How we doing? And in Washington, D.C., we got Mr. Budge Husky. What's up, Budge? What's up, man? Tired from testifying at the trial today. And that's sort of a nice lead into our <laughs> oh, special guest. Oh, we are joined it. by a special guest tonight, someone that I'm actually really, really pumped to have on. He is the editor of Banner Society, the co-host of the Shutdown Full Cast, the former Bloomin' Onion of the Outback Bowl, but he's probably best known as being the host of the YouTube sensation card show, Mr. Ryan Nani. How you doing, Ryan? I'm Let's good. Go. I'm good. Thank you. Card show is dead forever. I need to reemphasize that over <laughs> and over again. I do. Well, I mean, I, I'm a I'm a fan of card show, and with the new sort of like reinvigoration of like sports card memorabilia coming out, I'm surprised you guys don't pump that back up. We but. were we were way late on that. We were too early on that. No, y'all were y'all ahead of y'all's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although maybe our quest to find the stupidest sports card of all time did not line up with sports cards. They'll save your retirement <laughs> fund. It was, I mean, it was like fantastic con- content. I think y'all did like eat like a 30 year old like piece of gum. John did that. I was not doing that. John <laughs> and, did that though. And his stomach survived it? Yeah, it did. It was just like, <laughs> it, it, it just the sound of it was deeply unsettling. So like that, it, that, oh, God. Is it just like chalk at some point. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. sort of, you know how like, ha- have you ever like mixed, uh, mixed up cement and it's got like the chips in it that you're like, well, that's <laughs> not gonna like, I can't turn that into liquid. Yeah that's what that gum was like. <laughs> yeah, it was gnarly. All right, so before we get going, we're going to do Batman Returns tonight because Ryan is in love with that movie. Fantastic movie, Tim Burton movie from 1992. But before we do that, since Ryan is a college football expert, we always like to do our picks beforehand. So we're going to do our marquee picks, but we're going to do our favorite villains in DC and Marvel Universe and also associate them with some college football coaches so that's a little bit complicated, but we're gonna that's what we're gonna do. So we're gonna start it off with Joseph Fine. Joe, you wanna start off with your picks, and Ryan is gonna judge them for us. All right, gentlemen. And uh, Ryan, thank you for coming on the show. Sure. Ryan, <laughs> yeah. In no particular order, I'm gonna go with, you know, the the number one eco terrorist on SEC football fields, you know, up until two or three years ago was Les Miles. And he kind of <laughs> reminds me of Poison Ivy. Is you know, <laughs> munching on grass he's he's real fond of the roughage so it kind of reminded me of you know like mother he's real close to mother nature like poison ivy was sure and and both deeply sexy, deeply, deeply <laughs> sexy. the way he wears that hat oh, That's right. and you know like he, he he'd be the type to like look over at you like behind his over his shoulder with that like kind of crazed look in his eye and you're like man i don't know what that is but i'm i'm digging it you know and honestly with some of those plays that they achieved over his tenure Who's to say he was not like blowing out little uh, spores or whatever? Absolutely. Did that the fake field goal against Florida in 2010, where the ball just magically bounces straight into uh, their field goal kicker's hands as he's running in the end zone? That that was you know that had to have been yeah. I'd be loved. The hail mary against Auburn. Yeah, the last year goal. Yeah, well, like a second left, just just ridiculous. I right, go on right. to your second one. Going to number two, I'm going to say um, Bobby Petrino, our everybody's favorite offensive yep. coordinator and head coach, former of the uh, Falcons, 
and the University of Arkansas. And I'm going to say that, you know, since he had a little road rash on his motorcycle accident with the volleyball player, that he kind of reminds me of Two-Face when <laughs> he was up at the press conference, you know, in the neck brace. And he was like, oh, you know, I'm kind of disrespecting my family and all this shit. So kind of reminded me of the uh, hospital scene where, you know, Harvey Dent turns over and he's got, you know, he's all skin up. So. What do you think about that one? Yeah, no, I think that's solid because, you know, Harvey Dent also, it's very important that you know that he's he's very much like, listen, part of me is still a good guy. And that's Bobby <laughs> Petrano as well. <laughs> We're all like, that's totally bullshit, dude. None yeah. of you is a good guy anymore. Despite lying 100%. to my employer and right. knowing I will be found out. Right, right. You, can't, you don't you, like Two-Face is like, I'm a complicated person. No, you're not, Bobby Petrino. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. You're a scumbag coach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, never, never once was likable. No, no. Never once. All right. So, and Ryan, so my third one is we usually like to go very liberal on our marquee picks. You can interpret it, you know, with a lot of artistic license. Okay. And so my last pick is he's not going to, he's not a villain, but he is definitely a part of the superhero universe. And I'm going to say that former Alabama offensive coordinator, and current Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin is most like Robin <laughs> since <laughs> in the sense that he's always, you know, he's always going to be number two in that big relationship with Batman, right? So that's Nick Saban. He's never going to be able to overcome that hump. And he's, and he's just always yapping, and but he's like standing behind the big dog kind of thing. What do you think about that one? I mean, so now you're asking me to, you're basically saying, can you picture Robin hung over on a boat insisting <laughs> insisting that he knows how to drive it because that's what lane kiffin would do and i don't know that robin would do that but i think you could walk me through a story arc where he yeah. becomes disillusioned with batman and turns into like a lane kiffin type figure or, I, I, think, I think that's like mid-30s robin yeah I guess what am i even fucking doing i'm just following this weird dude so, around yeah. i gotta get my yeah or i like this old ass motorcycle <laughs> I like this comparison though, Joe, too, because I feel like Robin is pretty competitive with Batman, but that comp that competitive streak runs one way, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and then, like it's, he's yeah. not even really on the radar of Batman. But, <laughs> but this he, also he, makes yeah. like Monty Kiffin is no longer a famous defensive coordinator, but like a famous circus performer, right? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of fits. He was in yeah. for a long yeah. time. So. Oh yeah, Monty, <laughs> fucking circus freak. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to Budge. Go for it, Budge, with your three picks. All right, uh, my number three just and it really just came to me when I was watching this movie um, and basically off Danny DeVito's character and particularly his hair. But I'm going to go as the penguin. I'm going to go with Dana Holgerson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. With that mullet. With like the big urn. But realistically, that's really about the only comparison. Well, just, and, uh, no, and also just like yeah. aged with hard living. Like yeah. you could you could tell me that like Dana Holgerson is thirty three, like the penguin is in this movie, and you'd be like, yeah, because you know he's been doing some stuff. And they're both <laughs> super horny. Yeah. Super horny. yeah, I think this has more to it than you think. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, my number two was kind of maybe one that might be a little obvious, but I got to go with Coach Boom, Will Muschamp as Bane. Yeah. And, and when I say Bane, in particular, the Batman Forever version or the new Harley Quinn show on uh, DC Plus or uh, Disney, HBO Max, I guess. Yeah. The streaming yeah. on. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but just because he's that guy who's just full of rage and when his neck tweaks out, <laughs> it's like he's getting hit with the juice, you know? Yeah. All you can say is just a few words. Uh, and, you know, unlike the kind of Bane in Tom Hardy's Bane and Batman 
the Christopher Nolan Batman was that Batman the Dark Knight Dark Knight, Dark Knight. Yeah. you know who's, who's a little more intelligent and kind of yeah. like you know at some point loquacious I don't right. think Wilma right. is at all no well, yeah. what do you think what do you think his juice is what do you think Wilma's <laughs> champ's juice is that he monster presses? energy drink <laughs> absolutely <laughs> just delayed, diluted yeah. yeah 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 uh my number one pick is a little out there and it's going to rely on the listeners out in Podlands knowledge of one of the OG kind of viral videos of the you know previous 10 years. And that would be coach David Bennett of the coastal Carolina Chanticleers. And in his famous speech, he said that we don't need any cats. We need some more dogs. So in that sense, but he did a great impression of a cat. Oh. I'm going to say that David Bennett is going to be cat. <laughs> <laughs> Deeply disturbing. So thank you for that. It's locked in my head now. Really appreciate it. We'll, we'll link to that video. Okay. <laughs> and just think of Michelle Pfeiffer the whole time. It's perfect. Uh, that's good. Yeah, I haven't seen that video in a really long time, but then now you're sort of like making a little resurgence for it. I mean, I don't know. I what, said there's a cat in the house. There's a cat in the house. Yeah, when, they got, when they were ranked earlier this year, oh, yeah. I was like, look how far the Chanticleers have right. gone. Wait, right. is, he, is he still there? Yeah. Is he still oh, the coach? No, oh, it's no, like Jamie, Jamie Chadwell, right? Chadwell, yeah. 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 So, Budge, did you do any research for where this guy is now? I like, did have to look it up because I was wondering if he was still coaching, if he would still count. And he's at the Lexington District 1 High School in Lexington, South Carolina. Count it! <laughs> <laughs> Which is also interesting because guess who got named head coach at Op City High School in Alabama this week? That would be Mike Dubose. Mike Dubose. Hey. <laughs> Throw in a really quick villain for Mike Dubose, Budge. <laughs> I was tempted to do something with Mike Price, but I couldn't really think of a villain that visited too many strip clubs. But this first one, I, I kind of had to uh, do something here in honor of my father-in-law, who is a giant Gamecocks fan. And condolences. Uh, just, <laughs> just yeah, it's every year. It's just like absolute heartbreak for them, one way or the other. It's just never good. You know, I, I, I kind of poked his brain earlier because I know how much he uh, despises a certain coach uh, in the northern part of. The, state of south carolina so I, I mentioned batman returns and he was like Dabo swingley it's definitely the penguin please <laughs> please mention that and you know i'm not really sure this necessarily connects but he's always called Dabo a snake oil salesman and he's just like that desire to gain power and win at all costs he's like that is Dabo. if not that it's lex luther and so i just wanted to at, at the behest of my father-in-law sure. put that out there i you know he's not short like penguin but he has yeah. normal hands like penguin, but, <laughs> but Dabo I can, just seems like uh, a shady character out there. That sure. Who would probably want to kill lots of firstborns. Like yeah, <laughs> I can buy that. Yeah. Well, it was the angel of death in the Bible. So you there know, you go. There's precedent. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just like, I, I think he, you know, the victim, I could also playing the Paul, victim there a lot. I could also see Paul Rubens being Dabo Sweeney's dad. That like, <laughs> that's very, very possible. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some Old Testament looking like Dabo guy and the Old Testament, you know, kind of alien looking penguin guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I love the uh, Paul Rubens at the beginning there. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> Did not. Missed it. Missed it. All right. Go for you number two, okay. Chris. All right. Number two. All right, more into uh, kind of what I was thinking with this topic. I'm going uh, with Mike Leach as the Riddler. So, you know, I couldn't think of a pirate villain. So I, I went with the Riddler, mainly the fact that so the Riddler prides itself in being like intellectually superior, which I think Mike Leach 100% thinks he's smarter than everyone else. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
in you know he also gives incredibly like puzzling press conferences <laughs> where they can be like amusing they can just be you know like weird and then sometimes just downright confusing i don't know where he's going um and then you know i would say mike leach is somewhat narcissistic in the sense that i think he's had the same offense back to the days with how mummy and you know he's really not changing it changing it much aside from the fact that he's going to try to like pass you to death and so i think those three things make him very riddler-esque i think that's a good one because the riddler is also probably the most annoying <laughs> batman villain like they're all like they all have their annoying qualities in ways but the riddler is the one who's the most like jesus christ enough with the fucking gimmick already <laughs> yeah. and and that is very mike leach and bro yeah, yeah. Like, it, you know he'll have that one kind of slip up win where he'll beat lsu the first game and then everybody figures his shit out and that's it yeah that's yes. it. you know yes. it's like and this, that's all that's all he needs every year is like one win one big win to be like yeah okay this offense is still ahead of the I game i got this i yeah. got this don't worry <laughs> to put on the- my ridiculous green suit again <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, number uh, first one I've got here. Number one will be um, Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach, as the Joker. So, yeah, yeah. Spurrier always has has the ability to like, especially back in the nineties. Uh, for uh, I would assume all of us growing up, and I, I just learned that you are a Florida fan. Correct, yeah, Ron? yeah. I gr- I went there. I, I was born in Gainesville. I have like okay. much Gator in me. It's disturbing sometimes. <laughs> are you also a Tom Petty fan? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. We'll do that for another podcast. All right. <laughs> um, but so, you know, he always had that ability to little like, little. to toy. <laughs> Thank you. That is a great song, bud. Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> he had the ability to like toy with his opponents on and off the field. So like, whether it was like the fun and gun offenses uh, that would like just destroy defenses or like his tongue and cheek barbs at rivals, I felt like. The Joker, like the Joker, the old ball coach was always looking to have a little fun while he simultaneously destroyed you. Yes. Um, loves to prance, like similar sort of like body movements in some ways too. Like sure. he prance around. And I think that what I really like about this comparison is that the Joker wants to win, but he's going to have fun either way. Like exactly. the Joker, he's never like mad or defeated or whatever. He's just like, you had a bad time. That made me happy. And that's yeah. prayer to a T. Yeah. The kind of idea that he kind of sometimes wants to watch the world burn. Yes. He doesn't yes. really care. what. Yes. About it. You, yeah. don't, you don't, you don't take the Washington job. If you don't want to watch the world burn and then sign Danny Werfel. It's one of the quarterbacks too. Uh, and, 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 yeah. The Joker also, you know, it seemed a lot of his, well, in the dark night and a lot of stuff, he would like to humiliate a lot of people. Yes. Before yes. He and so I remember there was one story where uh, Steve Spurrier like picked out a sports writer from, I think it was the state maybe in South Carolina and like gave an explanation to the, those, the room of reporters. Like what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to have uh, all the TV guys come in and they're going to have five minutes with me, but I'm not going to be talking to that guy anymore. <laughs> like, like pretty much like blackballed him like you know you're like okay like you know he was, and everybody in the comments was like what a false move like don't mess with the ball coach like you know? yeah <laughs> you know i do like to think that like at the end of the end of the day of like messing with batman the joker would just sort of sit down on the couch and enjoy like a few yellow bellies some nice like coors heavies I, that could be like his beer of choice as well so who oh knows? yeah absolutely yeah, that was absolutely yeah. sort of like a steve spurrier staple yeah uh, uh, yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, I still right, can't so get over. Uh, sorry, but uh, Spurrier giving Dan Mullen the 
what was it like just the small miniature the tiny bottle like of sutter wine. home <laughs> so, like cheap ass wine wait what was like, the story I, I just get the feeling that that even as dan mullen is you know is doing better than like the past past couple coaches like Spurrier is just kind of like, you don't have my respect yet. No, no. And he never will. And yeah. So the story was that Dan Mullen, he broke some record at Florida, like, like the most offense in a game at Florida, the most points scored or whatever. And he made some comment. He's like, Oh, coach Spurrier's got to get me a nice bottle of wine for that. <laughs> and Steve Spurrier clearly goes to the circle K and gets like the $6 <laughs> eight ounce bottle. Like that big, yeah. What a pimp. Yeah. And there's a, there's a picture of them like standing together and just like holding it in between the two of them. It's just like, it's so small. And Spurrier <laughs> just kind of has like a shit eating. I honestly, I think Mullen was kind of like, this is cool. Yes. Like, All right. Yes. yes. Do you think Mullen has like an adversarial relationship with Spurrier or is it like in fear? Or do you think he's just sort of just uh, like, I can't wait till that guy kind of pisses off. I think, I think it's pro- like, I, th- in all truth, I think Dan Mullen wants to be Steve Spurrier because he tries <laughs> to do a lot of the same shit. He tries to sort of like, be mouthy he tries to sort yeah. of like be clever or whatever but he he's not advisor as, shit too yeah and he's not but he's not as good at it he doesn't have the same charisma that steve spurrier right. does yeah, so he doesn't right. like yes yeah. like spurrier could like run for you know county commission yes state, yes. state rep or state senator you know? so i think <laughs> i think he probably loves steve spurrier and it's like that's who i'm trying to be like but it's just like yeah nope doesn't doesn't work <laughs> Well, the genius of Spurrier too is is the fact that he was so feared and so intimidated, and, or and, like people were so scared to play him in the '90s, and so like he became this hated figure. But over time, like I guess he's still hated in some circles, but there's always that feeling of not only respect but like also kind of like the guy. Yes. Like I, yes. I know he's going to have these hilarious press conferences where you don't really know what he's going to say. Yeah, he's going to blackball a random journalist just because, and it was just always enjoyable, like looking back at him. So you know. Yeah. Even those those offenses were pretty brutal. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go through these pretty quick and then we'll get into Batman Returns, whatever. So speaking of Steve Spurrier, I've actually got sort of his counterpart early. Joe or somebody else sort of mentioned Debo Swinney, but I've got him as and I've got an explanation for this, but as Cheetah from the Wonder Woman 84 <laughs> movie. And because I'm hesitant to say this because it does kind of make Nick Saban Wonder Woman. But my reasoning is that like sort of. <laughs> At the time, like Kristen, Kristen Wiig is sort of like all shucks kind of loser, doesn't know how to talk to people, blah, 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 like whatever. And so just like Dabo Swinney was at the beginning of his career at uh, Clemson, but then he made that wish, that like devil wish to like be like Nick Saban. But like at what expense, right? He turned sure. into this, just the villain of college football, like yeah, an absolute yeah, yeah. shithead. Yeah. Like I can't stand him anymore, but he used to be sort of likable. And then he turned into some CGI cat that yes. no one can stand. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of nowhere, too. Like he he wasn't really transforming, and then the next day he's a full cheetah. You're like, holy shit, what? Yeah, yeah like we're all just like, Dabo, what have you become? And he's like, what have you become? You know, it becomes that really this like terrible awesome. tiger. Yes, yes. yes. He's just a big great, but yeah, like I like he just was desperate to be like Nick Saban or Steve Spurrier, and uh, I just feel like he sold his soul a little bit. But who knows? Yeah. Maybe that was always the cheetah within. So wow. who knows? Ooh, wow. yeah, we're getting a little deep. Uh, and so Very we'll good. move on to Nick Saban. I've got Nick Saban, and this one's a little, again, I've got my reasons, but I've got him as Wilson Fisk from <laughs> the Daredevil series. And not and not just because he's a badass. My main reason, though, is because the whole time Wilson Fisk, like Mark, Denof- what's his name, D'Onofrio, whatever, it he does, D'Onofrio. like the, he goes like, Vanessa, Vanessa. And it just <laughs> always reminds me of, like, Nick Saban referencing Miss Terry. Like, it's like... <laughs> 
the, despite being the biggest badass in the series, he's like completely pussy whipped. And Nick Saban is the ultimate badass in college football. And like, if Miss Terry says you need to retire, he's retiring. He's so gone. that's sure. yeah. And the other comparison there is that whenever an underling comes in to tell Kingpin anything, <laughs> that's the same. He has the same attitude as like Nick Saban doing a halftime interview where he's like, make, make it quick. <laughs> My time is valuable. Yeah. And like, maybe he's like in prison as well. Maybe the NCAA puts him in prison, but he still just like runs the joint despite being like perfectly like, sure, he's like, yeah, I'm sure. in prison, but I still run the NCAA. Right, sort of right. thing. You do have the problem of like, you've picked the two characters that could not be physically less similar. <laughs> that's fine. We'll move past. Yeah. It. yeah I, I'm going for more characters too, right? Yeah. Sure, but sure. I've got one more, and I, I'm ashamed that I picked it from the same movie, but it just it felt just too right. Maybe my head was in the same spot, but I really want to do an Urban Meyer once. I've got Urban Meyer, but as Maxwell Lord from Wonder Woman 84, and that's because, A, he's a fucking cheese dick full of shit person, but also it's because he will he will make your wish come true. He will get you a national championship. <laughs> sure. He will figure it he out. Hire, you hire Urban Meyer. He will get you a national championship. But at what cost? Some yeah, self-destructive cost. I was right? going to say, yeah, he was struggling. His health was was failing. <laughs> well, yeah. well, well, no, I was just talking about like, yeah, if you hire him, he's he's going to get you natty. But sure. he's going to do something to that university, like embarrass the shit out of it. It's like well. in uh, Harry Potter where you got to put a piece of your soul. In the yeah. Place, <laughs> it's like, bro, you got to like slice that shit up. And also, and also yeah. like. The end of that movie, like his moment of clarity, is oh, I was a bad father. I oh, I got yeah, yeah. I need to spend more time with yeah. my family. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe what I did. Yep. I've got a yep. son. Oh my yep. god! And like that's yep. some like Damn. redeeming quality. It's like no, you just ruined everyone's life. I don't care if you hugged your kid. Finally, that's ridiculous. This is this is accurate because if you told Notre Dame fans like, hey, you can have a national championship, it will come at the cost of like the world itself they'd be like hey, 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 hey sign me <laughs> for up. sure uh, oh yeah and those catholics are just you know an absolution away anyway so <laughs> <laughs> brian kelly was actually another one i thought about for doing like for the penguin yeah you know, oh it, yeah it seemed, it seemed appropriate because I, I i don't know it goes back to the like the like not feeling like you're respected or like sometimes even playing the, the victim and just being awful by the way and like pers personal skills I thought Brian Kelly would fit that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Brian yeah. Kelly is sort of that like almost politician type, like too, but he also just spits like hot venom, like just gets purple yeah. on the sidelines. Like he's <laughs> just, but yeah, somehow especially it, with the, the players, like he's just notorious for that. At least for a few years ago, it seemed like it was every game. God, he yeah. also seems to be a spin master too. You know, like a politician, he's always got you know the numbers down in the interview. Yeah like save his job or you know like when he's had a couple bad years or you know like he, he's explaining how, how much better he's done for notre dame than anybody else and you're like man like y'all actually really suck you know and it's, have fun. <laughs> it's because he knows if, if if we can if i just keep good with all the people who matter and i get to like 10 or 11 and 0 you know i'll get i'll get to be in the playoff so all right so, so any more like honorable mentions before we sort of just move on real quickly to batman returns at budge did you have one i, I thought you'd have one uh you know no we'll just move on i, I might save it for a blog <laughs> Okay, so we'll we'll just sort of start off with this in terms of Batman Returns. We're just gonna like sort of pick out some of the most ridiculous elements of it. And I think we kind of already mentioned this, but I did want to hear like Ryan sort of have his take on it. But that the opening scene of this movie is with Pee Wee Herman and Paul Rubens, and he's sort of this was. And I wanted to add some context to this just to get your uh, your take on this. So this movie was filmed in 1991, the summer of 1991, in June of 1991, and this is a really horny movie too, and sort yes. of perverted. Paul Rubens got arrested for his famous incident 
the month after this was started. Oh, so no. like yes. really? so in after July of that, filming? after. So Painted. presumably he had already shot his one or two scenes or whatever, and then just beelined it to Sarasota, Florida. And you know, was like, I gotta get in that porn theater or whatever. But yeah. so like it was literally July of ninety-one. This started in June of ninety-one. Does that add any like context to Batman Returns for you, or what do you think? It's well, that's interesting because he was not the first choice for that small role. They wanted to cast um I think the actor's name is Burgess Meredith, the guy who played the penguin yeah. in the old television series. Okay. Yeah. He like wasn't oh, in good cool. health or something. So well, I mean, he's trainer. Yeah. So yeah. So so you call Tim Burton and you're like, <laughs> Well, uh time to time to get Pee Wee Herman here. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like he got set up. Like he was on this weird this weird fucked up sexy Christmas nightmare movie. And, and, and then of course he's going to go to a porn place in uh, you know, <laughs> an adult theater in Sarasota and pull his dick out. He was fire. being, he was being primed throughout the entire yes, filming. Yes. It was like inception. Basically <laughs> they were spinning it in his head. At one point like- Catwoman just seduced him. was like, you will go to Sarasota. <laughs> the sexiest oh, city in that theater. <laughs> Well, Gotham is almost like an adult version of Pee Wee's Playhouse. It feels like it's just so animated and like crazy. It's almost like he was like trying to just, he was like within the same universe, but like, like you said, like that, like perverted Pee Wee's play. It was like the next logical step. Yeah. It's the Christmas part of it that really takes the movie to very weird. Cause like the, the first Batman um, that Tim Burton did is similarly like dark and gritty and sort of Mm -hmm. grimy and whatever. But the Christmas part of this really is like, oh, yeah, this is a Tim Burton as fuck movie. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really over the top in that regard. I like that. But yeah. I get why I get why this I why Warner Brothers saw this and was like, you are not getting a third movie, dude. We are not seeing you continue to iterate on this. <laughs> well, it's just yeah, you're right. It has that spooky, like magical, campy, like weird Tim Burton thing yes. going on. And I think the Christmas like almost heightens it because it's just, I mean, I don't, it's, it just goes right into his wheelhouse. Yes. So, yeah. I, I'd watched his Batman kind of recently too. And when, in a kind of upon rewatch, I guess my kind of takeaway I like about this is that while it's, it's it, like the vibe is still very like Gothic, you know, and there's like some art deco, it still looks comic-y, but not cartoonish. Yes. You know, yes. like I silly. Think fair. Yeah. It, it kind of threads that needle. I thought, well, cause I like it, but I can see why some people are like, yeah. Well, and it's and it's still slightly like humorous oh, absolutely. And, and dark at the same time, which I feel like out of all the comics, Batman is kind of that's kind of what it's going for. I mean, in some of these movies, like I would say outside of the Christopher Nolan films, it felt like that's where people were kind of like, let's give it a little bit of an exaggerated, still dark, little campy and humorous vibe to it. And that's just, yeah, again, like Tim Burton, that's that's what he does. Well, I mean, like it, it's it's it hits on a lot of the same themes that Batman always has, but just makes it have that sort of like Tim Burton, like, I, I don't know, like visual aspect of it too. And also it's just so, so wild and hypersexualized. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it is, it is a very, like Ryan said earlier, it is a very, very horny movie and especially <laughs> coming. Well, and I think we did not have, remember. Well, well, it's well again. So the penguin and I kind of want like what watching this as a kid, when like the sort of like 33 years later comes up, it doesn't like mean anything. I was like eight or nine years old. And you're like, yeah. oh yeah, 33 years. But when you get into your thirties and you think, you think, 
oh shit the penguin's only 33 years old this is like a very very like it almost is like haunting in that sense you're like <laughs> what happened to this guy <laughs> like I mean, I mean we know what happened but like did you like did you watch it like in like when you watched as adult later did you like get almost that same feeling i was like oh shit this guy's my age i can't like i'm I feel personally attacked by this movie now when I used to find it entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, certainly there's, so there's two things that stuck out. One, 33 years later comes out and I'm like, that's the Jesus number. They made <laughs> oh, him the shit. Jesus number. So that's the first thing. The second thing is like the thing you brought up earlier, which is that like, I, I don't like, I get that I can go with it because he's lived in the sewer his whole life and blah, blah, blah. But like they cast Danny DeVito to play a <laughs> old dude. Yeah crazy well i was thinking about that too we we stopped when that happened you know just at the beginning and we just think like wait like i know how penguin looks yeah he's telling me he's gonna be 33 and then i thought about like okay well how old is danny DeVito around this time and i didn't like look it up but i assumed late 40s maybe like maybe already into his 50s because i think he's like close to 70 right now Either way, I just found it to be ridiculous. And I immediately pictured like myself as like this fat penguin walking around. <laughs> so he was he was about I'm looking it up now. He was about like 47 years old. Which isn't even that old. And like, but yeah. I love how they like exaggerated his features. They're like, yeah, we got the perfect body, but let's 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 really ham it up like in yes. terms of the girth. Let's make him like let's make him waddle like an actual penguin. Yeah. Give yeah, him the, the small leg, although they don't have small legs, but like they're like, let's just make your body as like I don't even know how to call that shape of a penguin, but like, it looks so ridiculous. He looks Every- like an overinflated football, is what he looks like. <laughs> what you could like, in, like, some, like I'm sure some YouTube person has done this, but you could almost interpret this as like the Frank Reynolds origin story. Like he's 33 <laughs> in this, and then like 25 years later, sure. he's like 58, and he's living, joined the gang. Living with Charlie, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he looks exactly the same. And he's like, my life's great. Well, I no, it'll penguin. 30 it, years ago, it leads into how like. <laughs> and crazy horny he is and like i mean that's sort of like one thing that was so absurd it's like hey like he right so he's got like some of the cuts from like different scenes in this movie are a little bizarre right like you kind of like go up to like his office which almost feels like it's still in the sewer then like max lord or not max lord uh christopher walken Shrek, like hey yeah. yeah yeah he entices him with like live like even like a dead fish like come yeah. on come on yeah like which is absurd like for whatever but like then you go downstairs and we're led to believe that without the penguin knowing a whole campaign office has been like, you know, structured underneath his living quarters. And then this is what you were talking about. He bites the dude's nose. Off. Yeah. Uh, which is, is def- that's the scene I remembered the the most clearly. Yes. I'm watching it as a child. I, I do. Same too. here. I it terrified me. Same here. And then rewatch though. What I kind of liked about it is kind of what we were talking about earlier is that the, it felt still really Tim Burton because it felt like Ed Wood or something. Cause yeah. like the colors were like mm. yellow and baby blue and like pink. And then, you know, and also the campaign posters were like, you know, of old like comic book team. I thought was kind of cool. But then just like that, that graphic violence, I, I, that was probably my favorite scene. But it's like you said, when I was a kid, it scared me. It's like, probably yeah. the most violent scene in the movie, which is crazy because it's just the penguin on this like unsuspecting campaign staffer. It's not like a fight between the antagonist and the protagonist. It, but it's one of those things like where I didn't feel much sympathy for the dude. Like he kind of had it coming to him. He's like. Hey, like you're saying to this to this guy who's like dressed in shit, who's like a penguin who's been living in the sewers, and you kind of do this like condescending, not too many reflexive sur- surfaces down there in the sewer. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, like, 
what are you, you some like swarmy asshole? That's what you say right. to like your preppy friends at the bar afterwards, not straight to the candidate's face. Like, yeah. What are you no, doing? No. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's one of the most incredible things about the film, I think, or the most incredulous parts is that the campaign continues after that moment. <laughs> you know, I, I would think like after it happened, everybody'd be screaming. They'd be like, we got to pack this shit up. That dude just ate someone's nose. <laughs> <laughs> this guy could be a liability on the trail. Get him, <laughs> get him back to the sewers. I don't want to see that guy kiss any babies. All right. <laughs> There was no oh TM, there was no TMZ to leak it to, so yeah, like right. you know you just buried yeah. it. it was fine. Max Shrek, yeah, he can just bury shit. That's right. And well, this- but that, that but what I was getting at too is that like it goes from like that weird violence of biting a dude's nose to going straight into being like kind of horny and they do yes. like a prelude into it where he's like <laughs> he's got that like campaign young campaign staffer and he like puts a button on her Feels chest her and up, it's, yeah it's yeah. So, so bizarre. So, so he in his uh, intro to becoming mayor he bit off the nose of someone and then he basically sexually assaulted a pair of women and then he goes back up and eats a raw fish so, yeah. I mean, so yeah well no he, he gets confronted really, with, yeah. he gets confronted by catwoman who's michelle pfeiffer who's, who's looking pretty fine whatever and I, I mean i would be excited too if i came back upstairs and michelle pfeiffer was just laid there whatever and but we we do have to go within the context that this guy did grow up in the sewer probably never knew any women so he's like kind of thrust into this world you can understand like his his, you know, pent up sexual aggression or whatever, but still. So that's the confusing (laughs) thing to me is that they're like, he grew up in the sewer, but there's also the whole circus plot line. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, that's where, where was the, like, what is that scene? Like where the circus is like, holy shit, an eight year old in the sewer. Let's (laughs) take him. Well, also, well, also it's like, oh, I grew up in the sewer. And then I got like, you know, like I, I went on a life in terms of the circus that didn't work out. Back right. to the sewer, I guess. You know, yeah, like, right, right. Because he, like, he said, like, I need to be back up to the surface. But like, you're, you're right. You I never there, even thought dude. about that. You, you were, were there. Yeah. You're just actually just depressed. You're just you need you don't need someone's help. <laughs> you need you, Santa. This, this is therapy. This is, this is no, your this is own a, emotional ravine. This is sure. not someone else's problem. Sure. They're not. You've the already, film. The film. It's really just a tale of intense childhood trauma. That's <laughs> what, what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, the opening makes that very clear because yeah. it's like that was the thing that was really stark to me rewatching it because I, I didn't see this in the theaters, but I probably saw it not that long after. And like the fact that the opening scene in this Batman movie is like, let's throw a baby into the canal <laughs> is wild. It's super wild. that That's like that's what we want the main credit the like title credits to roll over is baby well, it's like, floating down the sewer it's like reverse moses like he I didn't come guess. from like a poor family but like he came from a really rich family and then just went to the sewer instead of to the like the king like i i mean it, it i guess tim burton probably lo- like when you said like the jesus number and then it also kind of has the exodus moses vibe to it too it's like kind of just kind of fisting you with the you know, well, and Bible then they references. come back to that with the whole like kill the all the firstborn sons of gotham yeah. like like it is it is an aggressively mosaic tale, but for reasons that I don't like, I don't understand why I don't yeah, understand exactly. like what's supposed to come of that. No, I don't think there's like a hidden message. It's almost just like an arrogant thing. Like, look what I just did. I, I right. can lace I can lace these biblical references in into my incredibly stupid Gotham movie, <laughs> and you can't stop me. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't think like you were supposed to read anything into it. I mean, I yeah. was kind of and that's and maybe that's the fucking joke. It's like you, you think about it and you go, 
and no, it's like looking at the Kramer photo, like the Kramer painting. There is no value there, <laughs> whatever. Correct. It's Correct. like there's nothing. Vulgar and disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, but at the very end, he says peace, goodwill towards men and women. That's like the last line of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Pen- Penguin says that. No, Bruce no, Wayne. Bruce Wayne says oh, it, oh. like the in the limo the, or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. back of that badass Rolls Royce. Yeah. 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 It was nice Rolls Royce. <laughs> well, what did, like we've already sort of like diagnosed Penguin enough, but what do you think about Catwoman in terms of just like how well that was portrayed? Because I was I was going to get to the point where like she is on the bed or whatever, and then yeah. she does like the like the licking of herself, like she like I'll just take a bath. It's like I, I understand why they did it, but it's also just like one of those scenes that's totally, totally, totally unnecessary. It's not a scene, but just like some little characteristic. Did you think it was like way over the top, like Penguin was, or did you think they sort of nailed it? So I, I, I this is the probably the performance that I think is the best in the film because it like it just makes she just makes choices, and when <laughs> she's Catwoman, she's Catwoman, and when she's Selena Kyle, she's Selena Kyle, and like. I think it's probably a more interesting, you know, character examination than Batman is in this movie, because like this is the story of a character who's like struggling with who they are and who they want to be, what choices they think they can make, what choices they think they can't. But but I also like I actually appreciate uh, on rewatching it that there's no attempt to like over explain any of it. Like She (laughs) fell out a window she got licked by a bunch of cats <laughs> and now she's Catwoman. And you're just like, great. Off to the fucking yeah, races. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's, the, that's the thing I was going to get at too, is like the nine lives thing does not get explained too well. And then at the end, when Christopher Walken's Shrek is sort of shooting at her, it's almost yeah. like they had to rehit it back home. Like yes. she's like, I've got four. And he's like, five, six. It's like, Okay, they yeah, had to like get the number up to up the stakes. Got to like, keep uh, up with it now. Yeah. So it, like it made like that one scene like oh she's only got two left. But when like you know like they had to like almost kill her six times in a row just to, yes. like hammer the point home just to get it going. Yeah, we had like a chart and we were just keeping up. <laughs> uh, I'll say this too about kind of about her because Nana, you mentioned you thought that this was kind of the, the best character. I remember what I remembered about this movie on rewatch. I was like, man, I remember that like it doesn't explain how she got like. Some sort of like powers that's what i remembered like and she fell how she didn't die how did the cat save her that gave her the heimlich but on rewatch i'm kind of with you i was like i don't really care it's yeah. not you know you kind of go with it but i will say i kind of felt that i was a little confused and underdeveloped was like what what her modus operandi was like you yeah. remember she broke into the store and i thought she was gonna like burgle it and then she just blew it up and I was so like, oh, no. so i think this is where we are at a disadvantage not because if we had been adults watching this, like this would have lined up with like a lot of the films of the time that were about like women breaking barriers in the working world or just like female rage more broadly. And I think like this is meant to tie into all of that because you're right, none of she doesn't have any sort of plan. There's no like I'm trying <laughs> to get this done, friend. Like she's just lashing out at men that she thinks have hurt her. So that's why that's why I think she goes to the department store to blow it up is just to like stick a thumb in Max Shrek's eye. And I think every move she makes as Catwoman in the movie is just about like asserting power and taking revenge and like visiting harm on those who have harmed her or held her back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, and I like, it's also a little ahead of its time too, how she kind of criticizes other women for being, you know, too soft. And- right. Right. As a 10 year old, I didn't get any of it. Right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see it. 
No, all you see is like her like doing a taser kiss with right. Max Lord. I mean, I keep on saying Max Lord for whatever reason. Just keep Shrek. I've got Pretty like Urban Meyer, Max. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, that Just was my I hadn't I hadn't seen this movie probably in like 15 years or whatever. And like I I completely forgot about that, even though I guess it's pretty like visually remembering moment or whatever. But she just sort of like I mean, a, a suicide kiss is sort of like if we want to go back to even more references, it's almost like a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing, even though like they're bound by some like hatred for each yeah, other, or disrespect. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, again, it's it's almost like they were like trying to like play on too many major tropes or references, and it just sort of almost comes across as comical. But then I don't know if that's the intent or wasn't the intent at all it just felt so weird yeah i think there i think there was it's funny the last film we reviewed we were discussing like all right is there some like dark humor is this a dark comedy i'm not saying that batman returns was but like you just with any like tim burton film like i i can't help but laugh at certain parts and i it does feel intentional because that's just his style and i think like that's one thing he brought to these this series that he did you know the first one the second one that's just like it's so different than a lot of the other ones, or certainly the Christopher Nolan ones. Well, yeah, and, uh, and on a more lighthearted note in terms of, like, being funny, which I thought was hilarious, was just that he had an army of penguins strapped with, like, missiles. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, 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 like, I couldn't, like, they're, like, suicide bombing penguins. You know, like, you almost that think, is like, so the epic. Taliban was, like, watching this movie, and they're like, that's a great idea. We, like, we were of... talking about this. I swear I had a toy. That was like those like a wind up toy rocket. or something. No, the yeah, strapped penguin. Yeah, like and it used to like sit on the shelf, and I remember like years later, like what is that from? And then when I saw it, I was like, oh god. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's well. it's not a very intimidating animal. I gotta <laughs> no. tell you, like seeing it's not like. Well, here's my other question. Or maybe that's the thing, though. Like you just want to go give it a hug. <laughs> I guess so, but not. But like, so are we to believe that these penguins lived at the zoo? This is yeah, this okay. is the other thing too. I was yeah. Talk about this, like cause I, I'm confused about this. Like okay. what it, it keeps on like transitioning almost be, between like he lives in the sewer or he lives in an old like penguin exhibit. And I can't really right. understand what, because when he does the, when he the does the, the big like speech at the end, there's like a giant auditorium of penguins, which it <laughs> right? And it's like he's standing on the thing, he turns around and there's like a thousand <laughs> penguins in the which presumably is like a former zoo exhibit where they were doing shit with animals or something. Yeah. Like that. It was, it was like, come see the dolphin show, or which by the way, shit. I mean, it was like the Arctic exhibit, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. At the beginning of the movie though, isn't he, he's going down into the sewers, right? So he's, yes. that's where the baby carriage so, going. And then under, the under this there. logic, that means that like the water at the zoo is attached to the Gotham. Zoo. <laughs> Yes. Or also, they're just penguins chilling. If in the we're talking about the way that he maneuvers in and out of like piping, it very is like Super Mario Brothers. Like he can just like pop up <laughs> anywhere. Like right. Like he just is yeah. like he saves a baby, pops in and out, and like I, he uses he uses that awesome like duck mobile that like which can, like, I also don't get. You're the <laughs> penguin. Why do you have a duck? So slow. Stay on brand, dude. It's also like an off-road vehicle and like yes. has all sorts of like crazy gadgets to it. It is just like we did not know that Penguin had sort of like a crazy junkyard wars R&D mechanic on staff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 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 if the penguins are from the Gotham Zoo, which is a setting in the movie and is like you're saying that's where that auditorium is. Arctic World. Yeah. Did they just leave all the other like did they just leave only those <laughs> animals and they were like, ah, fuck it, they're penguins, they'll figure it out. Like what happened <laughs> when cats. they closed the Gotham Zoo? Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, you would like to think that maybe like they were gonna like euthanize him, but some sort of like loving caretaker was like, no, was like, no, no, it. like the, 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 the caretaker wound up like committing harikari instead of like doing it to the. So you're telling me like in the next like enclosure over, there's just like a pile of dead poles. Yeah, 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 just dead, dead <laughs> animals, and they just they Good. just trusted the one caretaker to like just get it done, just do it. Yeah. We don't want to yeah. know how you do it. Just I want to watch that movie. Maybe this is how the zoo got all his animals. I mean, not the zoo, the circus that Penguin was a part of. Oh, okay. Just a thought. The Red Triangle game. I'll. You know what? I'll go with that. That's but a like good the one. penguins aren't a good comic the, the penguins that. are well, that could be true. So all the other animals are like big attractions and got to like stay on the the brand or whatever. But just like the penguin himself wasn't freaky enough. The other penguins, they just like you and your freak brigade can go back to you Arctic stay. World. You stay in yeah. Arctic World, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like too like it, you're right in the sense that like it's it's not just like two or three penguins. It's like a full bushel of pen- like a hundred penguins. It's, were in oh, this- it's a, it's a shitload of penguins. Yeah. So many. <laughs> yeah. Lots it's of a gaggle. Species. Yeah. Yeah. What is the name for a group? of? I want to look that up. Yeah. Let's get on that. What is a group of penguins called? It's a raft. It's a raft of penguins. Holy shit. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. A raft. A group of penguins in the water is called a raft and a group of penguins on an island is called a waddle. Other so, collective nouns for penguins include rookery, colony, and huddle. What if Tom? What if Tom Sawyer wasn't riding on actual like sticks and whatever? Wow. He was actually riding on a group of, of penguins, penguins down yeah, the Mississippi the River. City. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sure. I bet really... there's got to be like a an amazing uh, <laughs> like party trick Rain Man where they could tell you all the collective nouns for the animals, <laughs> <laughs> like That's a murder sad. of crows, like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, every single oh, autistic God. person yeah. has some type of specialty. I imagine one definitely has that. A raft so. of penguins. <laughs> yeah. or, a, or you a said waddle. A, waddle, a waddle? A waddle on land. Yep. And a water, they're called a rat. So a rat, yeah. Do. You get two designations. So well, fun. all right, so we can wrap this up at least with the ending because I thought this was another ridiculous bit was just like <laughs> the penguin's death and that like he has like those six giant king penguins just sort of come in ceremonies yeah, yeah all pairs and lower him down into the water I mean, which, which you don't know that, that is a proper penguin burial full, full penguin <laughs> honors yeah <laughs> <laughs> they were all in black dye well it well it's kind of I, I don't know if it's funny but if, like i read the wikipedia before this and they were talking about how like how much care all the penguins got like the in i'll get to the little punch on here or whatever but it's like you know like they shipped all these penguins in on a 45 degree like plane or whatever they had like a cubic ton of ice every single day to play on blah 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 nice. blah blah they like the caretaker make sure they were all comfortable and then like the next line is but the six penguins for the Paul Bearer scene were actually little people dressed up in costume <laughs> <laughs> that actually I think I, I kind of remember thinking that when I was watching them walk I was like that doesn't look like a real yeah. penguin <laughs> they, they require, yeah they require way less maintenance yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't say what type of like union benefits they got or anything. It was like, we yeah. treated the real penguins with respect. No ice to play on. Those <laughs> a full block of ice? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the six little people were, were fed little people rations and had to That's stay right. in costume for all day in sweating Nothing good. agony. Nothing yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> All right. So any any sort of final thoughts, Ryan? Would you want to give like a little ranking for each? We got like four little categories and then we can we can sure. close it out. So we uh we like to do out of twenty-five, it adds up to a hundred. So we'll do acting, characters, plot, and music. So we'll start out okay. twenty-five. Do the acting for us out of twenty-five. Um 
I'm going to give the acting a 23. I don't, I think there's not a lot to work with. I don't think the writing is particularly good and there are way too many one-liners, but I think like for what they were asked to do, Danny DeVito, mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, um, Christopher Walken, like they did it to want to the max. They, <laughs> they held nothing back. So like, and, and I do think that, um, Michael Keaton's a very good Batman. He has very little to do in the movie, but I'll give it a 23. I yeah, so it's not even a Batman movie. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I think that uh, Ryan was spot on with his analysis there. <laughs> I think that that was a Michael Jordan-esque performance by all the uh, actors. <laughs> what do you think, bud? Uh, I'm going to give it a 21. I, I, I liked it. I think that, that some, you know, some of them were over a little, maybe over the top. Uh, I thought Christopher Walken actually had the best performance in my mind. I, he, I kind of thought he kind of lit up the screen whenever he was on it. Um, so, yeah, 2-1 for me. Quick, what do you think, Preston? I also went with uh, MJ23 on this, um, mainly just because, like, Tim Burton, he, he gets the most out of his actors, and he gets them to basically do, I mean, like, you know, live up to my weirdness because like each one of them. Yeah. They're all exaggerated. Like they actually seem like a cat or a penguin. And I mean, Dana Vito, like the grunts, like even like the few times where he gets in like the, like it's all, all, you know, just kind of, you just have to listen for it because he's just doing it constantly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a great performance. And yeah, Christopher Walken is, is fantastic, but, I'd say Dan DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer in particular. And and you're right. Uh, Batman's like an afterthought in this, in this movie. <laughs> I would love to read some, I would love to read some like backstory of Danny DeVito doing like a lot of research in terms of how penguins behave in certain situations. And he's like, when you watch that scene with Michelle Pfeiffer, that's a very sexual grunt, you know, like that's what they sound like or some shit. <laughs> I think he I, lived I, with a uh, waddle of penguins. Yeah. If, if I would, if I'd read something <laughs> like that, I would give it a really, really high score, but no, I agree in terms of like, it's very, very Tim Burton. I think it, like a, I have to give them all their chops. I think they're doing exactly what Tim Burton wanted. So I'm going to give it a 22. All right, Ryan, what do you think? Like, this is more kind of writing, but certain characters, like how do you, how well do you think they were developed? Did you enjoy it in terms of like their backstories, how well the writing was in developing these characters? I, I'm going to, so I'm going to knock this one a bit. I'm going to give this one, I'm going to say 19 because I think it like, it is a Batman movie that barely knows what to do with Batman. <laughs> and, and I think that's okay but it like it doesn't even give you a hint like there are a few times you sort of think like oh they're gonna do the thing where like the penguin is sort of like the inverse of batman who his parents <laughs> threw him away and blah 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 blah. but they don't really they don't really like figure out what to do with it um i think and even even the penguin as a character is sort of more he's interesting and he's well um it's well acted but there's still a lot missing there about like, why is he doing any of this? <laughs> yeah. What is the goal here? Um, yeah, there there's so many times where I feel I was uh, I was sort of like reaching to, as an adult to be like, why is any of this happening? Why are any of these choices happening? And the characters <laughs> largely aren't well fleshed out enough to give you that answer. So I'm gonna I'll say 19. <laughs> Yeah, his whole motive seems to be like I was treated like a second thorn son, so I've right. got to kill. Like, what a what a terrible, terrible thing to like. Okay, I I feel a little shafted, so I got to kill everybody. Kind of. Yeah, thing kind yeah, of it's very bizarre. Trauma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think, Joe? Character wise. All right, character wise, I'm is it kind of reminded me of the famous eighty uh, the eighties Wendy's commercial. You know, where's the beef? Like, where's the <laughs> 
So I'm gonna give it an 18. Where's the bat? <laughs> what do you think, Bud? Good. Um. So I, yeah, I, I kind of echoing what, what Ryan said when it came to the penguin, but I think more so that applied for me with the Catwoman for some of the reasons I mentioned before, and maybe again that like sort of 90s female displacement was missed. You know, I went over my head, but you know, I think again, like I was never quite sure what she was after and and what she was stealing and kind of where that went. So that that Arts. combined with the with the you know Bruce Wayne kind of taking a back seat in this film, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a 20. <laughs> what do you think, Preston? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, the characters, like, I love these characters. I love Batman, like, Rogue's Gallery. I love, I love Batman. You know, like, it's all fun stuff. But, like, as far as in this film and developing and everything, I mean, it was just a little, yeah, a lot of holes and a lot of just, like, just, just some odd uh, choices throughout. So, uh, I gave it a 20, but I do like these characters, generally speaking. I, I do. I think a lot of this stuff is really isn't developed very much. They're almost relying on everyone's sort of previous knowledge of Batman movies just to sort of move right. it along. As far as like new new characters go, I kind of like. I really. I when I was watching this, I really think like Christopher Walken's son, Shrek's son. Like I thought there's like there's probably a bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor with him being like prepped up and developed. And, like there was going to be like to make that sort of I'm going to kill him scene. Like I really kind of wanted to see like what they were going to do with that guy. I, I just, because he almost, he looks like he's supposed oh, to be the, the, like the former star football player that's working for daddy kind of thing. I feel like there was something going on there, but they just sort of cut it out. Yeah. What is he, what does he say when he walks into the room that one time when he's like warning his dad or like someone's here? Cause the way he says it is, it just made me laugh. Cause it just sounded like just like the dumbest thing. <laughs> yo, ever. Dad, yo, yeah. He is. He's almost like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird. Yeah. You're gonna have yeah, to I... go through me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, are they even trying with this person? Yeah, so like point. he almost has like that stupid henchman sort of voice to him, but he's actually in this like rich and powerful position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, no, I really, I was, I was desperate for more Christopher Walken's son. Uh, no, so I'm gonna give it a, a, a twenty. All right, so we're gonna move on to the music, and then we'll do plot. So, what do you think? Do you think the music is uh, accentuated the movie very well, Ryan? What do you think? Like this is this is probably more a like group, more like the music of this this whole these whole two movies that the um that Tim Burton did. I think it does a good job of setting the mood and setting the atmosphere and all of that. So I'll give it like uh, a twenty one feels right. There's nothing that's like super standout here or um or whatever, but I think like it has this sort of like creepy violin it has sort of the like rising horns for batman like it yeah. does it does enough to sort of like tell the audience like okay here's how you're supposed to feel right now um and it's well executed so i'll give it yeah i feel good about that right. what do you think joe i think that uh ryan's spot on there and i think that i'm gonna knock it similarly the way that he did and i can't get into the 20s which is why I'm going to give it a 19 is because, you know, unlike the dark night or the dark night rises where that score, like, you know, you felt that when like the credits rolled and they would start to go, duh, 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 you know, like you were with there, you were in it, you know, the adrenaline was pumping. Like you didn't get any of that for you know the score in this film. So I'm going to give it a 19. What do you think, Fudge? Um, 
I, uh, you know, again, I kind of like like what y'all said earlier. I really liked kind of how it set the tone. It, it reminded me a lot. And it, was this the same that they used for the animated series that came in the nineties? Was it the same soundtrack? The, the like the I think like the the lead theme is. Yeah. I don't know about all the music. That like Batman motif yeah, is very exactly. Similar. So yeah, yeah kind of sets it's a little dark. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give it an extra point here because I don't think y'all remember when they walk into the par- Maxwell Shrek's party and they're playing Super Freak. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that is. That, like an instrumental version yeah. of Super <laughs> Yes, that was a clever little like, nod. I kind of wanted to go to that party. Uh, like Maxwell Shrek had like the, the you know, Paja like hat, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, for that reason, I'm going to give it a 21. Okay. <laughs> what do you think, Preston? It was definitely like a wedding band version of Super Freak. Yeah. <laughs> like not much like real soul behind it. It felt like, like the treble was really high. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I remember hearing that and being like, mm, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, well, for me, I am a sucker for all things Danny Elfman. And when he is with Tim Burton, they are a combination like no other in filmmaking. Um, I've always been a huge Danny Elfman fan, even outside of Tim Burton. And I think his Batman theme is one of the best. I think it's so good. It's so much fun. Um I also feel like, yeah, the use of like violins in this uh, movie, particularly when Catwoman is becoming a cat, like mm-hmm. it sounds like all these cats, like when they're on top of her, like it gives you that vibe. Um, and again, yeah, like Danny Elfman, he's he works so well with Tim Burton and the, and the ability to be so playful, yet really moody and dark at times, but it's always entertaining. It's always, uh, it's kind of a ride. Um, so I'm giving it a 23. Oh man, I, I love this score, and I think I just have like nostalgia feeling for it because, like I was saying yep. before the show, this reminds me so much of like summer trips to Six Flags and going to the Batman ride and standing in there for like two hours. Which, by yeah. the way, is oh, ridiculous. exactly. <laughs> You're getting <laughs> that theme. By the way, that like that ride, like they've got like a whole warehouse of just like caterpillar in lines like they were anticipating the whole park going to be there. I've got some sort of messed up feelings about how they organized that. But no, I mean, I love that whole like Gotham City thing of, uh, you know, <clears throat> Six Flags. But in but that, like I was saying, this sort of reminded me of like being 12 and 13, being super, super pumped to go down roller coaster alleys and stuff like that. So I'm going to give it a 24 just because I really, really loved it. Uh, I mean, I love just sort of like it sort of reminded me of my childhood but go ahead with the plot ryan did you uh, did you find it confusing a little convoluted was it clear what'd you think it is it is it feels like the this is not a hundred percent the movie tim burton wanted to make <laughs> like it feels like he wanted to maybe make it even weirder or maybe even make it more confrontational the shit with the sun is part of it the shit with um the like hall of records and the firstborn like it, it feels a little too, a little too empty in parts, um, especially because I think the first one does this really neat job of sort of explaining here's Batman, here's the Joker, here's who they are and like why they come into conflict. The plot in this one is so thin <laughs> to the end where you're like, where did these penguins come from with these missiles? Why is any yeah so so I have to give this probably the lowest score I'm gonna give this a 17. I think it is a fun movie despite having a nonsensical plot that like doesn't have a good sense of pacing or direction or leading its characters where it needs to go. 
but it is a messy ass plot. And I'm only going to give it a 17. It'd be really, really funny if Tim Burton like, is just like sitting at home, like watching all this like Snyder cut hype come out. And he's like, but I wanted to fix Batman Returns. <laughs> you yeah. know, like my four me... hour Batman yeah, Returns. My four, yeah. Yeah, my four hour masterpiece. He's like, let me CGI Danny DeVito back. And yeah. like, really work. <laughs> or he's like, I wanted to show you baby penguin. I wanted yeah. to see what it looked like. Yeah. I just yeah. really hope he's like just sitting there drinking a bunch of liquor, like just getting really envious that Zack Snyder's getting the ability to do a redo when he probably wants to do it so badly with this one. God. What do you think, I, Joe? Right. I, I wish <laughs> plot wise. I think the plot was like like uh, like Ryan was saying, it was it's pretty thin gruel. Um but you know anytime I get creepy old testament vibes, I, I'm gonna give it a couple points. So I'm gonna give it eighteen. What do you think, Butch? Yeah, I, I give it a twenty. I kind of like what you said about it. It did feel like this wasn't the movie uh, that, that Tim wanted to make because because you're right. Like there, it seemed like there was more to it, and I'd be curious to see what was left in the cutting floor. Uh, but it's but it's by no means bad. I mean, I, I was you know kind of in rewatch. I was I was like I expected that to be way worse. Um, but yeah, so twenty. It doesn't bog. You know what? I'll give it this. It, the plot is nonsensical, but it doesn't get bogged down. It's yeah. just like it for. For what it doesn't do for you in terms of like giving you coherent story all the time, <laughs> it's like it's okay. We're gonna keep moving. We're gonna yeah, keep yeah. It, it doesn't linger on anything too long. It's don't just wor- like don't worry, Penguin's gonna hack the Batmobile. It's gonna be fun and awesome. Oh god, yeah. keep going. <laughs> that scene is outrageous. And from like the lens of like a comic book movie is made at that time, right? Like we weren't even in the golden era. Like right. like ah, oh, I saw right. work more than this. You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> That scene is ridiculous. I mean, it, the fact that he can like turns into a hacker and not just it, because he doesn't even have like digits to like type anything. Because when you think about like hacking into a computer, you think I of like, know, man, I've seen my just parents t- type like this. <laughs> They're hunting and pecking. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then and then like the the vantage point from like behind him when he's in on the thing, it, like looks like he's riding one of those horse things outside of like a Seven Eleven or like uh-huh. a Walmart. You know, he's just like. Like, a He's like is that cruising USA? <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I swear I had a toy of that. Like it felt like it was a speed up hacker like, van. Penguin on the hacker <laughs> Yeah, when he's on the thing, it's like, like the toy Batmobile. Okay, go ahead, Preston. What was your um, thoughts on the plot? The oh gosh. Oh yeah. So for the like pretty much for those same reasons, I'm giving it a 20. I, I thought like, yes, the plot could have been better. And it was pretty much I, I feel like the it was kind of like held up by just these performances and just like, yeah, the fast paced nature, the music, all of it, you know, all the, all the stuff we come to expect in a Tim Burton movie. You know, I, I, I think that's really cool. Or that, are, are you saying that he did want to redo some of it or is that a, a suspicion? Oh, I don't, I, I was just, I was just sort of when he, when Ryan said that like, this isn't the movie maybe he wanted to make, I was just sort of correlating that with what's going on right now. Yeah, in the yeah, Justice gotcha. League. Well, either way, I think it'd be really cool to see him get another take at this. But you know, it is a fun movie. It's very entertaining. It looks really good. I will. I I didn't stylistically. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought when I rewatched, it, I was like, this is gonna look really dated, and like, there's not that much CGI in it. So I kind of right. figured, like it's gonna like a lot of it's not gonna work. But the world that they built is very beautiful and very compelling yeah, in its own way. And that, and that's the thing about like. <laughs> films is like the the sets you know the costumes all that stuff like it's so it's always so good even if the the writing or the plot is terrible you're gonna be like aesthetically pleased in a <laughs> weird way like yeah. Beetlejuice you know like it's yes. got it's got those same vibes which by the way I don't know if y'all noticed this uh when when uh 
Michelle Pfeiffer, when Selena's going like her her transformation and she's going basically full like goth cat, there uh she's like gradually more makeup is appearing on her face throughout that scene. Then at one point when her hair is all crazy and she kind of like is over the sink, the makeup and the way she looks, it looked just like Beetlejuice for a second. <laughs> <laughs> like does that that's like the same makeup right there? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's a good time. Yeah, I like to think of like Tim Burton like arguing with the executives over the budget or whatever, and they're like, "You don't need a giant penguin auditorium." And he's like, "No, I do. I do. And if I don't get it, I fucking walk." You know, like it's <laughs> like just bullshit like that. Like number one, he's, on the list. Well, it, that that is what's so funny sometimes when you think about high budget movies in terms of like they're spending two hundred million dollars, but it's like. No, I absolutely need a five, like a five million gallon tank for my penguins. Yes, I absolutely need that shit. And it's just like when you think about frivolous little, frivolous little things like that, but they're spending tons and tons of money on it. It's just sort of like, I, I don't know, but hey, they've got the vision and they make it work and they make the money back. So, uh, plot wise, I did. I, I thought this movie was so convoluted and a little bit just like <laughs> it was. It was hard to keep up with, to be honest. But like Ryan said, it was. Uh, it doesn't linger. It doesn't linger on anything. So even if you have sort of a moment of going, "What the hell's going on here?" It's just like right back at you. We're going next with this. So it, yeah, some of that stuff. Like I felt like it didn't really come back to hammer home. Like some of these like big ideas like let's frame batman in the end I, I didn't even like get the sense like that batman was ever framed for murder or like or anything it's just like okay yeah he's fine yeah you, you kind of won right. like yeah. <laughs> a woman is dead but we've all moved on yeah now. yeah 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 it's like okay batman kind of escapes through this one really. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that matters she was just a dumb blonde we got, got rid of her uh so I mean, yeah Al alfred <laughs> alfred arguably saves the day not batman alfred's yeah. the one who hacks all the penguins <laughs> I, I, yeah definitely didn't remember that from uh childhood i mean alfred is like spot on there the yeah, yeah 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 so this is like this almost turned into off. like uh, it's 1992 and this movie is almost a hacker movie like it really is the one ways. the one scene that has aged terribly is where michael keaton is in the bat cave and they're broadcasting penguin shit talk back over <laughs> right? and he oh, scratches yes. oh yeah CD like a dj uh, uh, i wrote that down in like all caps <laughs> on my notes <laughs> Oh gosh, I was just like, what is that? Why are they doing that? That was so ridiculous. <laughs> oh god, yeah, I did. I yeah, Batman that. doing the turntable gesture. <laughs> like it's a disc man, that's not how it works. <laughs> and he looks back at Alfred as if Alfred's gonna get the gesture. Right. <laughs> yeah. Alfred's like, What? I was born in 1841. <laughs> and like he also like it's like one of those things too where he has to put like the bat logo on it instead of like Walkman yes. or Discman. Yes. It was like, no, like I yes. don't want I don't own a Discman. It's not a Sony. This is a Batman CD player. And you know Alfred's <laughs> the one doing all that branding work. So he's like, Master Master Wayne, don't you think we could just like skip the No. No. Everything <laughs> in this cave must have the symbol on it. Even the fucking disc man. He's like, hire more people. I can't keep working at this. <laughs> Only me down here, by the way. Yeah, like I own one of the largest manufacturing companies in the world. I don't care. No, nope, yeah. no problem. Get Alfred's your, get your of, hot glue gun out. Alfred's like, I mean, Alfred's like one of those old people in Happy Gilmore. Like my fingers hurt, and, and Bruce Wayne's like, well, you just pulled fucking landscaping duty up. He's like, we need more, we need more caulk in the this uh, is, is handmade quality shit we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're the other employees at the uh, Wayne. Enterprise. We're talking about a disc man made by a distinguished eighty-year-old English gentleman here. This is right. high-quality shit. Who doesn't get to see his family anymore? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. makes cold fish soup. <laughs> there, there is, there was some like uh, 
some TV show that was like coming out about Alfred's like backstory, badass yeah, backstory, yeah, which yeah. I'm sure just went off so well. I haven't heard about it anymore. Is it called Clarice? I think it's called Al. <laughs> it's called Al. Fred. It's, it's, called, it's called Call Me Al. Yeah, yeah. Call Me Al. <laughs> I, I remember the opening Paul Simon. Was like, a, was like a Cockney gentleman, you know, yeah. like ruffian. Did, did Michael Caine play Alfred in... In the Nolan movies, yeah. Yeah, in the okay, Nolan yeah. movies. All right, but uh, that's going to wrap it up. We've given all our rankings. Uh, we want to give a really, really special thanks. Thank you, Ryan, Nani, for coming on. I really appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. It means a lot to us. I thanks really for really having me. It. Yeah, Thank thanks. you for watching Batman Returns at my behest. <laughs> no, I mean, no problem. Pleasure. You ever want to discuss another <laughs> shitty movie, you're welcome to come back on. You're like, oh, man, I really have got so much to say about Speed. You're welcome. Speed, Speed's <laughs> a wonderful film. How dare you, sir? We should watch How dare you, sir? I feel like you would love Gone in 60 Seconds, too. We could talk oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great film. Or we great could film. just do a whole Nick Cage collage. Uh, Face Off apparently is getting a reboot, so that would, that would be fantastic. Are <laughs> you serious? Disapproved. Is Ang Lee? Was it Ang Lee who was the director? Yeah. Or? Yeah. John Woo? Or no, it was uh, John, John Woo. Yes, John Woo. John, John Woo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love how you confused it and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. We really, really appreciate it. And that's going to wrap it up. Um... Thank you.